From Welcome Villain Films, the studio that brought you the horror hit Malum, as well as Beaten to Death and Hunter Killer, comes their newest nightmare, Mind, Body, Spirit, now available on digital. Directed by Alex Haynes and Matthew Miranda, and produced by Dan Asma, Mind, Body, Spirit follows Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, as she embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. What starts as a spiritual self-help guide quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes increasingly obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now, Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. During its festival tour, which stops at Chattanooga Film Festival and the Unnamed Footage Festival, Mind, Body, Spirit garnered praise from critics who call it a found footage version of Hereditary and a knockout found footage horror movie for the live stream era. Experience the first ever yoga-themed found footage horror film and don't miss the film viewers have called extremely frightening and upsetting. Available now on digital anywhere you rent or buy movies online, including Prime Video and Apple Plus. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to LinkedIn.com slash results to claim your credit. That's LinkedIn.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Somebody please think of the children. And 
welcome back to Scarred for Life, the podcast where we open up old wounds by looking back at the films that scared us as kids. I'm Terry. And I'm Mary Beth. In each episode, our special guest brings with them a movie that traumatized them as a child. This week, our guest is Zena Dixon. She's the real queen of horror, a YouTuber, and has written about hor- the horror genre across the internet. She also co-hosts the Bloody Disgusting podcast. Welcome to the show! Hi, and thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks for joining us, because I, you know what, I have wanted to talk with you ever since we played Among (laughs) Us on my birthday, and you were just the agent of chaos, (laughs) throwing me under the bus. Every single game. I'm sorry, Terry. No, don't apologize. (laughs) It was hilarious. That was my first time meeting you. (laughs) And it was hilarious, though. I loved every moment of it. That was a good time. Yeah, I get so I get really stressed out, like when it comes with games and (laughs) trivia, like I because I want to win, but then you know Uh I'm not that great, so I don't know what to do. So just chaos happens. I have to say that was my favorite of any of the Among Us that we have done, and it was because of the energy you brought to it. It was just like I don't even know how to how to handle this. I can't even be strategic anymore. I, I felt so bad because it was just like so you would just be minding your business. And I'm like, no, I saw Terry. It was Terry. It was so funny. But so then you, funny. you caught on, and there was a time when it was actually you, and you got rid of me first. So yes, I sure as hell did. But then that backfired on me. <laughs> uh, it was great. Uh, okay, so let, let's take it back to the start, though. How did you get introduced to horror? Oh my gosh, it was all thanks to my awesome mother. She's a huge yeah. horror fan. And, you know, I come from a really big family, so it, we kind of used it like as a bonding experience for us all. So mm. like on the weekends, we would all watch movies and like my mom would pick out majority of the movies sometimes she'll let us pick and stuff but there's there's like there were so many of us you know because i have in total my parents they have six kids and i'm the youngest of six so it's just like that's a lot of movies so we would pick like maybe like three or four and majority of them they were horror and when she was picking i mean we can't really argue because that's her pick (laughs) but if i pick something all this movie sucks and you're stupid you know kids being kids (laughs) Uh-huh. And but, you're the youngest, uh, so of course they shit on you the most because you're the youngest always, one. Always, always. <laughs> and so, you know, it was just, it was really awesome because there was some stuff, of course, that maybe I should have never watched at such a young age. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think I came out fine. So, but yeah, it, it all started from there. And so whatever my mother would pick out for us to watch. And, you know, my parents, they're very open. They gave us like options. It's either you can be in the living room with us watching these movies or you can go to your room and be alone who wants to be alone i didn't want to be alone so i would watch those movies and it ruined me some of them (laughs) like so so what were some of the ones that ruined you okay so there's this movie i think it came out from the the late 80s called the nest with those bugs oh Oh, Mm -hmm. my god like this is I've never seen it, but I've seen the cover. Yes. Yes. The cover always gave me nightmares. Oh, my God. that it, This is exactly why I don't like critters, things. Also, arachnophobia ruined my life, ruined my childhood. <laughs> Series too. Yeah. Same. It's horrible. And it's just like, I know it's just like people say, oh, it's just a little spider. Like, look at them. They're sneaky and they're hairy and they could just show up they anywhere. Were in the food. <gasps> they were in the food. They were screaming when it was in the popcorn can you imagine like you're just living your life and no. it's in, oh my god 
Yeah. Everywhere. It gave me reason. Like, I had arachnophobia for before I watched oh, that movie, no. but it gave me more reasons of being afraid of them. Like, they could be anywhere. Literally. They could be a spider right next to me. They could bite me and kill me right now. <laughs> and you're just living your life. So. Just living my life. Yeah. There was that one. Ticks. Even though now I can watch Ticks now and I'm fine, but, you know, I remember it's running a lot of around. Bug movies. Why yeah, bug movies? They're horrible. I feel like I can watch almost anything, but when it comes to like bug movies, there's just something about them where it's just like they're gross, and I don't want anything to do with them. And I'm pretty sure they don't like me, so it's mutual. Feelings mutual, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, so, do you remember your the very first horror movie you ever saw? I always say that it's Night of the Demons because I think that that was more wow. of a pleasant experience. You know, compared to uh, The Nest, you know. But yeah, I just remember the opening and the opening, it's like this, you know, it's it's an animation. So I just thought it was like a Halloween cartoon or something. And I was like, oh, great pick, mom, you know. (laughs) I thought that she picked it out for me. And so, but no, it was just 80s cheese. And I just, of course it was creepy. You know, I thought it was scary at the time. It Mm -hmm. creeped me out. But there was just something about it, like the music. Like the, that opening with the ghosts and like the skulls and stuff flying around. Mm-hmm. It was just like I was completely mesmerized. And still to this day, it's just one of my absolute favorites. Whenever I'm feeling down or happy or whatever, I just want to put it on. It's just a fun time. Comfort food. Yeah. Did you get scared a lot at horror movies or were, were you – how scared did you get watching horror movies, I guess, as a kid? I used to get extremely scared of a lot of things, like a lot of things. It's just like that's not yeah. – I mean, I remember Pinocchio used to scare me, you know, as a kid. So in <laughs> yeah. um, The Beast from Beauty and the Beast, he was a scary oh. – <laughs> Okay, but like he's a little – he's like – especially there are certain parts where he's a fucking scary character. He, he was always yelling at her. Like – Yes. <laughs> I would just... And I'll tell you, Pinocchio, when when they get to Pleasure Island and they start oh all turning God. into body horror, hello. Exactly. Like, <laughs> terrifying. But yeah, yeah. It's, I feel like horror always scared me, but it was more of a, I couldn't get enough of it. Like, I like that feeling of mm-hmm. being scared. You know, even as a kid, there was just something about it. Like, oh, no, I can't sleep tonight, but I'm still going to watch more. I'm afraid to go to the bathroom. Right. Oh, well, you know. So, you know, <laughs> yes. it's always just... That best feeling, you know? That's awesome. And so, do you still get scared now as an adult? Like, as often? Or a little bit? Or are you desensitized now, like we are, for the most part? For the most part, it's not as much as I want to. But every, you know, sometimes I'll I'll come across those movies and there'll be those scenes that just, like, scares the life out of me. Like, I know what kind of horror movies scare me. So I try to... Like, I like, like, psychological supernatural type of horror. So I know everybody's always talking about this movie, but the movie, um, I think I forgot where it's from. Is it Argentina? Terrified. <laughs> yeah. You're terrified, aren't you? Yeah. That movie scared me because you know what? My house, I have, oh my God, my headphones just flew. I'm trying to do a hair flip for you guys. <laughs> I don't have my sound effects. Okay, no, but... So my house is kind of similar, like, <laughs> setup-wise. So, like, we all know that glass door scene with that kid mm. at the table. So my kitchen mm-hmm. looks just like that. So it was a couple of hours. like It was, like, 4 a.m. And about, like, at 11 or noon, I was um This was, like, was it last year? I think it was last year. Gosh, who am I? Anyway, so last year, <laughs> I, was, I was going to get, like, my wisdom tooth, like, removed, you know? And because uh-huh. it was just like crazy pain. Oh my God, it was horrible. 
And um, I was just, you know, they had me on a lot of medication. So I, maybe this was like an effect, but I just couldn't stop thinking about that scene because my table aligned perfectly with a window that's right there. Then I have a spooky backyard. For some reason, there's a forest back there. Like, why is that there? I don't know. You know, um, <laughs> and I want to I want to get a fence and they're giving us trouble like, no, because, you know, you have your own private property. No one's going to build back there. I don't care. Who wants spooky That's woods? not the point. I want to like, keep things out. Like, it's exactly. not about that. I don't There's need things a, having a, access. There's to go back there. Who knows? <laughs> Wait, where, where, do you live? where do you live? Let's stay. I, I live in I live in Tampa. In Florida. Okay. So, okay. so I know there's like, oh, there's it's alligators. Florida. It's fucking Florida. You never fucking know in Florida. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm, I'm not really concerned with the alligators, whatever, you know, but it's just more, <laughs> there's some creature of the night back there, you know, and I just don't want it. So, like, I just hate it back there. That's why the house was so affordable. No, I'm kidding. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Can you imagine I bought a haunted house with a backyard? But no, it was just had like a similar um like setup. So I couldn't just stop thinking about that kid. Like, and I swore I heard somebody like tapping at the window and I just had to leave. I left all the lights on and I went upstairs and I I, I never looked back, you know. <laughs> So, <laughs> and no, there there will be no investigating here. Fuck mm-hmm. off! I will be going right back to bed. Exactly. I will not be like, looking I, or checking. Like nope. No. <laughs> Sometimes I try to trick them. You know, you gotta put out some trickery. Like you hear something, like oh, get out! Right? Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, I'll be right back. So you gotta <laughs> you gotta leave. And, you have to trick them so so they don't know. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's it's funny that that movie has come up. That and Hereditary, I think, have come up the most whenever we ask that question. Yep. And I think if there's a drinking game for Scarred for Life, it is going to be take a shot every time someone brings up Terrified because it's scary. It is, it is fucking scary, scary, though. I mean, and I, I wish, love it I wish more movies scared me like that. Right? Like, and, it, and it's such a great feeling because, like, I'm not going to lie. I went into it just kind of like, this is not going to be scary you know this was like i watched it uh this was when quarantine first started um and my sister all my family they live up still up in new york so i'm like the only one down here just alone and scared Mm. and so we (laughs) we uh we was like yeah let's 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 watch a movie through zoom and i'm like okay you know i'm just sitting there and i don't know where my husband was i don't know living his life and so i was alone (laughs) in the dark and yeah, it just freaked. First off, that opening, you know, all this woman getting she's ready. banging her head against the in the bathroom. That's such a good like, fucking that's how the opening. Movie it's that's so how it fucking opened. good. What I don't understand is why are you guys still there? Why <laughs> just <laughs> like just leave your stuff? Right. Just get new things, you know. Uh, it's time to just burn it all and go. Literally. Like, and I never understood that in, in horror movies when they're like, you know, honey, pack your bags. It's like, no, let's just go. We don't. Like, no, I don't need to pack shit. It's fine. I can buy a toothbrush. Like, Literally. it's totally fine. Goodbye. It's fine. Like, come on. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> but, okay, so, like, taking it back a little bit, what draws you to horror now as an adult? It's kind of still, like, the, the, the same kind of feeling, like... It's like, it's, I mean, I know you guys relate to this, so I'm not going to say, oh, I know this sounds weird, but no, you guys are my people. It's just like, mm-hmm. I love that feeling of being scared. 
I love yeah. it. I think back to even when I was a kid and again, you know, I have a huge family, so we would all be in the living room and it's like, Hey, you better find a seat, you know, <laughs> you snooze, you lose type of thing. And I remember finding my, my spot so I can sit and watch the movie. Mm-hmm. And I just remember how happy I was and how it just made me feel so good, you know? So it's like, yeah, I don't know, even, even thinking about that, like, you know, when I, when I thought about like, like career wise type of stuff, right? Two years ago, I was working at this corporate job and, you know, they were, they were cool. You know, I got paid well, everyone was nice, but I remember I just was not happy. You know, there was just something that just, Mm -hmm. and I'm not even trying to sound like cheesy, but it's it's the truth. I just found myself not happy and that's not my personality. You know, I would always find like the positive in something, but just when I was there, it was just kind of like, why, what am I doing? You know, and I stayed there for a while. And then even before that, I had another job that was similar. And before that, another one. And then when I finally realized like, okay, what's the problem? Because it didn't really matter. I would still take like a weekend trips. I would still go like to horror conventions. I would still watch my horror movies and stuff like that. But come Sunday night, well, come the next morning, you know, everything went out the window. So I had to go back and just even think about like, even when I was a little kid, you know, like 10, 11, and I'm watching these movies. That's when I was like my most happiest, you know, of course my family, they, they were cool. They're cool people, but you know, that was my most happiest. And so it's just like, you know, you, I wanted to just tap back into that. And I know it's, it sounds so, I feel like it's so basic, but sometimes that happens because you know, real life happens. And then next thing you know, yeah. you find yourself in a position where Again, I just found myself just not really happy, you know? Yeah. And yeah, then I was looking around like with my home office as an example. And it's like, I have all this, I had all this filming equipment that I bought over the years, but I would only use it maybe once every four months or so, you know? So it was just like, all right, this is getting ridiculous, you know, because I don't know. I, it was just draining. It was a draining feeling. So I just, I wanted to just go back to that. So I try now just to make sure I have like that great balance of feeling fulfilled because it's just like, I don't know. I just personally feel like obviously, well, like we all know this, but sometimes actually going forward with it, it's, it's hard. But like, I feel like your mental health is super important. And I just remember there were times when it was just like, I was, <laughs> I was willing to just like risk it all. Like, just like, Hey, i Maybe I'm just, I don't even know if I'm going to get out of bed today to go to work, you know? So, but yeah, but then, you know, when I turned all that stuff around and I started to do stuff more that makes me feel better and happy, it's just, it's just a sensational feeling. So it just took me back to like my childhood and, you know, horror, I think that it all stems from horror, like watching movies and even if the movie isn't too great, like... (laughs) You know, you can always just have like a really good time with it. I definitely want to continue on this track, but I did have a question that came up sure. uh, in my mind as you were talking. Um, I know that you're, you said your mom, the mom kind of introduced you to horror and it was sort of like a family thing. Do, does your family still watch horror movies or, or are they all keeping up with the latest in, in <laughs> horror or is it, are you carrying that flag? No, we, we all, torch? we all like to keep up with it, you know, which is, awesome. which is, it's, it's, it's so awesome because my mom sometimes sends me, and, and my, my dad's not a huge horror fan, but he'll be supportive. They'll send me like care packages that have DVDs in it. So that's why my collection is how Aww. it is, you know? So they, they, they're really oh, awesome. Right? I love that. Because like, whenever I ask for Blu-rays and DVDs for my family, they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> no! <laughs> they're like, why do you want them? I was like, no. 
give them to me, please. They're like, you don't need any more. And I'm like, yes, I do. You do. You need it. I have you a tiny it. collection compared to some of the people on Twitter. I need a oh room my gosh, full of Blu-rays. Yeah, crazy. Oh my god. People had rooms. Like, how? Uh-huh. Oh, I would love that. One day in my dream home, I would absolutely love that. Invite us. Seriously. <laughs> So when did you start uh, your YouTube channel, uh, Real Queen of Horror? Oh, I started a couple of times. <laughs> um, Ain't that just the way when you do like your own content creation? Yeah. It's a, couple, a couple little starts until you really get, mm-hmm. <laughs> until until you really get really, going. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's been a journey. So the first time I think I started it, it was like in 2010. Okay. And um, I this is like around the time when I first moved to Florida and again, all of my family is up in New York. And so it's just kind of like, I was feeling a little bit isolated because, you know, it's like a new mm. space and, you know, Florida is Florida. So it was an, it was an adjustment, <laughs> you know? And so, but I find, I found, I was just like, okay, well, what do I find myself always doing? Even when I was living in New York and stuff, what was something that was consistent? And I was always watching horror movies. So I thought it would be cool if I kind of like started like my website, like my blog, but also start like a YouTube channel. And so I started doing that. But then, you know, I got a little bit discouraged. So then I stopped. But then I started, I started up again, maybe like 2013, 14. And then I stopped again. (laughs) Because of uh, some of the positions that I that I would have, like, um, that's when I started working more and, you know, um, professionally, you know, moving up career wise, which was cool at the time, you know, I, at least I thought it was cool at the time, but yeah, so on and off. But then with most recently, I started it up again. It was like in 2016. And then I feel like I wanted to be more consistent. So I started being more consistent in 2019 going into 2020. Wow. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about the kind of videos that you do? Sure. Like I, I like list list are fun. And, um, because sometimes like, I remember I used to do like, movie reviews and stuff but sometimes I have a hard time explaining why I like something like it was it's so crazy to me that I used to um write reviews for all those years and I would somehow you know put it out there because now I'm just thinking like hey this movie was fun someone gets their head chopped clean off so you know but you can't say that it's like you know you have to like dissect it and stuff and be intelligent Mm -hmm. when you're typing you know so with 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 lists, you know, it's it's also, it's pretty cool because I can keep track of what I watch because I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure this happened to you guys. There's some movies that I've watched in the past and I forgot that I watched it and then I rewatch it. Uh-huh. Yep. So yeah, but with the, with the list that I have, you know, like one video I recently posted about it, but with the scarecrows, you know? So now I know, yep. like I try to like categorize it. So it's just like, okay, this is, I know what I watched, you know, this makes me feel better and organized. It makes me feel magical. <laughs> are, oh, yeah. are you um because you do all your own video editing right too i do i do i zero wish so, so much cool. fun it just makes Isn't me feel it so fun? great it is it's fun. so cool when you put something together and you're finished and you're like i fucking made that right and it's just like you have to celebrate i find myself celebrating for too long and then i it's like okay well, this is a weird <laughs> time to post the video you should have did it two hours ago so <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
I, yeah, I'm just curious because, like, I, I'm self-taught with video, so I love, like, talking to other people about, like, video editing and how, you know, how they do it because it's, like, probably not exciting for anyone but me, but it's just cool oh. meeting other video editors. Are you wow. are you self-taught? I am. I am. Like, it was, oh, my God. It's Hell been yeah. a journey. It's been a journey. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> when I first started, I used to keep it very basic and I would use iMovie, but then it's just, mm-hmm. like, you know, I wanted to, like, up the quality and stuff like that, and I started, like, really getting into the way it looked uh like color wise i wanted to experiment with that you know because i mm-hmm. thought it would be cool if i can en- enhance the color like what and plus it'll be good practice like filming lines and yeah. so i invested into um adobe premiere pro and just yeah. blew my mind and so and then i also took a couple of classes so i love taking like cool. classes but at first it was just kind of like me figuring it out and then also youtube is right there for free like that's how I taught myself yeah. how to edit video, and like now I'm a video editor. Like, I do video editing, and it's like that's mostly so cool. taught on on YouTube, and it's like a lot of patience and a lot of like frustration, mm-hmm. and then things not working the way you want them to, and you're like, I don't fucking understand why this exactly. isn't working. <laughs> but then when you get it right, it feels so good, and you're it like, really good. I fucking conquered Adobe Premiere with its six thousand buttons that make right? no sense. Oh my god, those buttons. <laughs> buttons to get on my nerves but you know um two issues have you okay what kind of editor are you do you like take your time and break it up or do you like like okay i'm gonna edit for two hours and then i'll leave it alone or do you just try to finish it in one sitting oh i just try to finish it i I mean i don't ever i don't finish in one sitting but i'm the kind of person that like marathons it oh my god okay i feel better Yeah, well, I, I get su- so like I get sucked into it because mm-hmm. I get a pro- I, like I have a problem that I I'm I'm curious if you experience of like when you get into the editing zone time loses all meaning and you look up and somehow four hours have passed yes and you're like what the fuck where mm-hmm. have I been how have I been in this so long and it feels like you didn't accomplish anything but it was four hours of work oh my gosh it's, it's weird but yeah it is. I, I am not the best at like trying to keep myself to a timetable with video editing because I get in the zone and I don't mm-hmm. I feel like if I'm in the zone I need to stay in the zone until I somehow pop out of it no so, okay I get it that's and how I, I, I feel do like it. I feel like I'm kind of similar too so now I feel better because at first I thought okay is that healthy maybe I shouldn't be doing that it is 6 oh, a.m it's not healthy but you're not alone right. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a healthy behavior but it's not you are not alone in the behavior okay but you do it too so I feel I feel fine I feel better yeah. now so yeah it's okay exactly and I feel like most video editors are like that like late night forget what mm-hmm. time it is video editors but if you're listening and are not that way please let me know because maybe yeah, there are more responsible people out there yeah, Please. I know. Teach us time management skills. How? <laughs> so you're also, and this is kind of how I kind of discovered you, actually, from my perspective, was that you also um, are a filmmaker, and you've done a couple short films. And I remember seeing she, like, on Twitter. Wow. And that is, like, pe- people were posting on Twitter, and that's how I was like, oh, I need to follow this, this Xena person. Wow, Terry. Uh, so how did, <laughs> how did you, um, how, how did filmmaking so wild to me how have you always wanted to be a filmmaker or how did you get in how did you start doing filmmaking uh during our my family movie nights i would have my family reenact scenes and they had to do it because i'm the youngest <gasps> so hey you didn't tell us that what? yeah yeah i get a little bit embarrassed i feel bad because <laughs> it's just like hey mom no, she's not perfect. dying like she's supposed to <laughs> oh 
Oh, my fucking but, yeah, God. People, they would have to. And, like, my oldest sister, uh, we have such an eight. Well, not that it's not that crazy, but she's, like, 10 years older than me. So okay. she was, like, a teenager. So she was just so irritated, you know, with me. <laughs> and, you know, but it's like, girl, it's fun, you know? It was supposed to be, well, it was supposed to be fun, but... But yeah, it was uh, it was kind of like I would just have them like reenact little scenes, and then like my parents, they bought me a couple of like video cameras, and I felt so fancy, you know. And so, and they bought me mm-hmm. um, you know, some little equipment like uh, like a couple of lights and uh, recorders, like audio recorders, and then like a place for me to edit, like a real director, <laughs> you know. So they were super, they were That's super amazing. supportive, and then. I don't know. I've always, again, like obviously going back with um, with horror, like obviously I love being scared, but I also love like the aspect of, you know, storytelling, mm-hmm. you know? And then at one point I thought, well, maybe I want to be a writer, but then I found myself just like, yeah, and it was scary and I'm just not good at it, <laughs> at writing. It's just like, wait, what happened? You know? So, but then mm-hmm. uh, directing though, it just seemed more fitting or filmmaking seemed more fitting. And so, yeah, over the years, I've always been making some shorts. Like, even when I was working at my corporate jobs and everything like that, that's why I had all that, or have all the filming equipment. But, um, yeah, it was just something that I just kind of always did ever since I was, like, a kid. That's amazing. <laughs> it's, like, so, so cool to hear how supportive your family has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, a bunch crazy. of horror nerds. I love they that. They are. Yeah, and it's, it's so that's weird, too. That's incredible. Because like with my um with my husband's family, they're they're, they're very peaceful people, you know, and um, <laughs> just because I'm pretty sure my husband's gonna be listening to the oh god that giggle, I'm sorry, but yeah, I love it. It's <laughs> fucking incredible. Never apologize for your laugh. <laughs> it gets a little bit obnoxious, but no. Um, his his family they're very different from my family. So um, and then you know people always just don't understand like how we go together. I guess because it's like opposites, you know, because he's very mm-hmm. you know quiet and stuff. I mean, I think it depends on who you are. You know, I'm very shy. So <laughs> until you get to know me, <laughs> but um, but he's yeah. um, he's very he was like a a chemistry major. You know what I mean? So it's just oh, like somehow yeah. mm-hmm. blended together. But yeah, like with I remember with his family, they kind of they did not understand it at all <laughs> they've been pretty good though th- these days you know they, they understand <laughs> does he like horror too um he doesn't love it but he'll he'll watch okay. it which you know that's all i Team ask you. <laughs> yeah. love that yeah yeah my um my fiance's family they like horror movies but they're like but like my family is very much the kind of family that's like like i called my grandmother today to tell her something and she was like, I just, I just need to tell you, I'm a little bit worried about you. And I was like, oh God, why? She's like, you're just watching so many horror movies. <laughs> and I was like, literally nothing has changed for the past like eight years. Like, I don't uh. understand. Like, every time we talk, she always gives me shit. And I'm just like, that and about, and about my tattoos. But once again, that's, uh-huh. these can't go anywhere. Like they're no, stuck. They're so. beautiful. <laughs> I love her so much. She's just a goof sometimes. But then I just kind of joke back at her, and I think she gets it now that it's just she has to deal with it. Sorry. It's cool, though, that she knows that you watch it. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Um, But okay, Zena, we've talked about your horror career and your like horror past, but what movie did you bring with you today? So uh, today, I'd love for us to talk about Spellcaster. (laughs) From 1988. 
1988. Okay, so here's a really quick synopsis for those unfamiliar with Spellcaster. Um, a group of contestants travel to a castle in Italy to participate in a million-dollar treasure hunt hidden on the premises. Little do they know, the lord of the castle hides a deadly secret. Okay, so I have to ask, Xena, I want you to take us back when you first saw this movie. I want to know your horror story with it, but I also got to know, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned The Nest, you mentioned Ticks, you mentioned all of these movies. So what is, what is it about Spellcaster that scarred you for life? Tell us how you saw it, when you saw it. I want to know. I want to know everything. everything. All right, I want to tell you everything. I'm curious. Okay. So first, this is one of those movies that I watched as a kid and I forgot okay. that I watched it, you know? Oh, and okay. I, yeah. I think I watched it maybe it was like a um, couple of years ago and then it just all came back to me. It was just like, oh my God, the feels. So, okay. <laughs> you ever feel like sometimes there is a movie that is you, you know, that's your personality? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's spellcaster for me. It has like all these little creatures. It has singing you know there's like some cheese in it uh there's a pig man i don't know like that's just me (laughs) the pig man is tina it's just me yeah so it's just like okay hear me out okay now i I sound like i feel i'm gonna sound like such a clown (laughs) so the reason why i picked it (sighs) so when you guys like DM'd me. I was like, yeah, I was so excited. I was so excited to come on. And I was like, oh man, it's my chance to like impress them, you know, with the movie. And then I, I don't know why I was like, I was just like in my brain, I was like, no, girl, you have to talk about Spellcaster. I'm like, no, that's not scary. I said, but, but think about it. As a kid, you were scared of it. You were scared, but you were scared in the best way. Like it's, it scarred me, but it scarred me in a great way because I feel like this was like probably one of the first movies that I picked on my own. Like my mom oh, didn't pick it for okay. me. So cool. it's just kind of like, okay. yeah, I went to the video store and I was just like, whoa, this looks magical. Plus the writer... <laughs> His name is like Ed Naha. He also wrote uh, Dolls, which is Dolls. Oh, fucking love Dolls. Exactly. Like that's that's another like favorite of mine. Where it's just like I just I I have to watch this movie. So yeah, and he also wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That too. Like you see, he's given us everything. So it's just like, I don't know. I feel like, okay, this movie didn't scare me, but it just, I felt like it kind of scarred me, but in a best way because it made me discover what kind of horror fan I am and what I actually like, you know? So this was like my first independent pick, but I was laughing because after I told, like I gave you my pick, I was just like, I should just cancel because (laughs) like not even like, Hey, just change the movie. No, I'm just going to say I'm sick and So you did. I did. I did. I I mean, I think it's a little bit of a train wreck, but like in the best possible way is what Terry said, and I agree with it. Yeah. So just just know there is no judgment here because regardless of what movie you pick, you pick it for a reason, and we love that. Okay. Never judgment. And you know, but this movie's incredible. (laughs) Okay, I feel I feel better because like at first. 
Because again, you know, Megan was telling me about a great time that she had and what she picked. And she's like, wow, that is a terrifying movie. And that made sense. And like literally just seconds after I hit send, <laughs> when I told you, I regret it. <laughs> and that's why I just want to say I'm going to have to like you know? <laughs> like, I, I was getting stressed. Like, my armpits, like, was, I was sweaty, and it was just like, I didn't know what to do. Like, my eyes were doing some weird stuff, but it was just like, all right, maybe it's not, because I'm sure everyone else is listening. They picked, like, some really great stuff, and I'm picking a movie that's basically Willy Wonka, but the horror edition, you know? <laughs> oh, so, sure is. I'm so glad you said that because I had the same, I wrote a yeah. note, like we have to talk about how this is Willy Wonka for horny young people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it just, is. And it kind of felt like an MTV type of show, you know? So it just, again, I feel like this movie, it, it has it all, but it's just like, I'm, I don't know. I should have picked something scary. No, so, no, I'm I really am, glad you picked it. So though glad. I'm really okay. glad you picked it because it's like there's a lot of things in it that like speak to it. It's very 80s, like it's very it 80s, but it also has some really creepy stuff to it. So I guess we can just like I don't know, jump in. But the MTV part that like immediately because it the yeah. movie opens up with a music video. Oh my god, is it wonderful? I was like, did I press play on the yeah. right movie? Like, I did have to check. Because, like... So it's so funny, because, like, I, I had never seen this movie either, but I remember that poster, that cover art, mm-hmm. uh, with, like, the... He looks like Dracula yes. in the co- cover art, like, hovering <laughs> over the crystal ball. And I'm like, what is happening here? But I remember that poster art as a kid. And then I hit play, and like Mary Beth, I'm like... Oh, it's going to be that kind of movie. It was like my first initial thought. And then I saw that it was a Charles Band movie. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, it's going to be that kind of movie. Like she, like this Cassandra Castle, who is like this fabricated vi- like movie, like video star, like pop star, like, like looks very like Debbie Harry-esque kind of situation mm-hmm. here, is on a castle in like this red gauzy <laughs> outfit, like flapping her arms around and yeah. singing. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, all right, I get the vibe. And then it is a music video because it cuts to a VJ being like, and that was a music video. I'm like, all right, I do love that it was, it was literally a music video. Like it felt like a music video and then they made it like an actual, I, I loved that. I was like, okay, this movie knows exactly what it is. Like right? it kind of knows what it's doing. Which I very much appreciate. <laughs> that opening, I knew I was going to love it. Like when I, because again, I watched it as a kid and I kind of forgot. But then I remember that opening. I was like, oh my God, where has this been? You know? And I just, I wanted to be Cassandra so bad. Like she's just so cool singing and running around a castle with her cool hair and outfits, you know? Giving us a great drag performance. <sighs> like she feels like a drag star. She does feel wonderful. like a drag So like, her hair is all like very sticking out and like just yeah. lots of layers and fabrics. She's cacaoing. Yeah. <laughs> like, wear a rose, eat your heart out. She like, is. Just... It's very true. But then like, because then they have like the whole VJ and MTV vibe and like, mm-hmm. I love that they had the VJ be the like, absolute dick because I feel like, you know, we talk about radio DJs, but I feel like we have forgotten a little bit about like the VJs of the MTV era. Like, mm-hmm. like I grew up with like Carson Daly and Same. like those kind of guys who were on TRL <laughs> okay. and stuff. Can we talk about VJs? Because <laughs> yes, we can talk about I, VJs, please. I 
not V. Yeah, with a V. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I grew up without cable. I didn't know. I never. I have never experienced VJs ever in my entire life. So like, I knew of them, mm -hmm. but like. This was pretty much the first time that I've probably seen a quote-unquote VJ. Oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, so this guy is definitely, like, a little over the top, but, like, give, mm -hmm. is, like, kind of got, like, that dickhead, little bit yeah. douchey, like, VJ vibe of, like, yeah. Yeah. Like just, I, I mean, he, he sleeps with smooth. a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He thinks he's much smoother than he is, and he has mm -hmm. this, like, very inflated sense of self. And that's kind of the vibe I get with VJs. <laughs> like, never met one, but that's kind of the vibe I get mm -hmm. from, like, a Carson Daly type who's just, like, on MTV and, like, thinks they're really rad, but really they're just, like, secondary to their guests <laughs> that are with them, but they want to be, like, right. the hot shit. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. It's very, it's a very good kind of look at that hilarious thing. I'm so sorry. My kitten is just staring at me and it's the cutest shit I've Aww. ever seen. She distracts me too much on this fucking podcast. Terry knows it. She just like stares at me and is so she cute. She loves you. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but then on top of that, Adam Ant is the villain of yes. this movie. And he was a pop star in this era from Adam and the Ants and then as like a solo artist. Mm-hmm. So I just like it really it, it, this whole thing feels like it's just like, oh, you guys like MTV. All right, cool. Make MTV <laughs> the movie like in a castle. But do you really think that he was a villain? Because some of them, they're kind well, of terrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, villain. I get the bad right, guy. Right. I don't know. He's in it for 10 fucking minutes at the very mm -hmm. end in the most underwhelming villain reveal of, <laughs> reveal of all time, I will say. But. That gets me to thinking about the Willy Wonka comparison, Zena, with his introduction. Because he turns around and is going like, haha, you win when they finally find him downstairs. Right. And like, that's the end. Like, I'm kind of jumping ahead, I guess. But basically, like, all of these people who are archetypal, are archetypal, are, Jesus, archetypal <laughs> characters come into this mansion and they're all young and they're mm -hmm. all like rich, snooty. Um, spoiled, like, just, like, very full of themselves. And then we have the orphans, the two orphans, who right. <laughs> are like, we're going to get a million dollars and we're yeah. going to never have to work again. Mm. Like Charlie from Willy Wonka. Just like Charlie. Just yeah. like Charlie. And then hijinks <laughs> ensue. Like, a lot of sex. Yeah. <laughs> just sleazy characters and, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I like the two siblings you know i thought that they were they were kind of the only normal ones compared to everyone else everyone else that was there and it's like they kind of had like you know a dream it's like, and it's like all right you really rooted for them like i really like the character jackie like i thought that she was like a good time like a very nice girl you know yeah well i like how they were introduced at you know washing dishes mm -hmm. and the guy is obviously the guy they're working for is obviously a sexist uh handsy yeah uh, sexual like sexual harassment hello in, in the workplace mm -hmm. like just like coming on to her and then tom comes in and then they find out that they're winning and they're just smashing the place i'm like who 
doesn't want that. Like that is, it was so cathartic just in that yep. one scene. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, hopefully you do get that million dollars because otherwise, um, yeah, you're just destroying like and a whole was, lot of stuff. I was but. kind of hoping that they, they would get a little bit out of hand with those dishes instead of just like, ah, oh, I would have been like mm. flinging it across, you know, <laughs> just doing crazy things, but it still worked for me. No, I loved it. I was here for it. I was also here for the actor that played Tom. Uh, like, okay, he's cute. Yeah. Harold Pruitt was very May cute. He and he somehow peace. made that hairstyle work. He did. He did. And I think he has a son. And his son kind of looks like him. He does have a son. I also found out that, unfortunately, he overdosed yeah. in 2000, like, two, I think. It breaks my heart. That's so... The age of 32. Mm-hmm. So young. Ugh, yeah. That's awful. I'm trying to remember. I am terrible. And, like, everyone's faces all blended together for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I had a hard yeah. time with that. I'll be honest. That was one of the things I had a hard time with. And I was also so confused about some of their nationalities because oh, Yvette was being played by Tracy Lynn, who was born in Louisville, Kentucky. And she is definitely not French. Yeah. You and sure? yet she was <laughs> rocking that French accent. She was, and she was determined to win any means necessary. She, any means she necessary. Sure and also has the the first death on mm-hmm. screen. That incredible. So, okay, well, before we're talking about the effects, like, the the again with the archetypes of like her being like the like kind of sexy French girl of like she seduces the VJ, um, <laughs> which I think is hilarious. But also all of the women in this are all like white and have blonde hair. Yeah. They all look the fucking mm-hmm. same. Yeah, they and do. And the guys sure kind of look the same too, except for the Italian mm-hmm. guy. But, well, there's the Italian guy, there's the fat guy. And of course mm-hmm. the fat guy has his, the white, we'll talk about that, about how he, like his death scene. Oh yes. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about that. <laughs> but then like all of the women are the same. And I was like, I'm yeah. sorry, I cannot keep track of it. Was, no, who. it is. I was sometimes confused. Um, Jackie and Terry, Terry was kind of like the mean girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I'll confuse the aerobics them. instructor. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, the aerobics, the aerobics instructor, and then there was She's... the other person who was the British woman who was a hunter, who I thought was actually kind of interesting, but she was interesting. They all, uh, she... <laughs> they all the same hair. Butch vibes from her, and I loved it. <laughs> what, I loved her, right? Though, but like going back to um, the Yvette's death, that to me, like, was that was the first moment where I was like, oh, okay, so like the practical effects here are pretty fucking cool, actually. Right, she yeah. Do- was cool. Yeah, because so the, the chair, she's in a chair and it comes to life. And it's like a lion and it's little, like, clawed feet start moving and then the face from the lion, the lion, the lion's head's on the like, top of this, its chair is huge. Mm-hmm. And huge. it comes down and, like, gets her in the throat and, like, it basically it looks like a vampire almost. But it's mm-hmm. all practical effects with this chair. And I was like, yeah. okay, this is actually pretty fucking scary. Like, if I was a kid, right? it's pretty scary. Like, putting myself in that vibe, because it feels like, it has, like, I know this is not a kid's movie, mm-hmm. but I can see why you would pick it as a kid, because it says Spellcaster, which you said, like, sounds magical, and then some of the effects feel a little bit like a kid's mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Like, there are some parts of it that have that kind of vibe. Obviously, it's not, because there is a lot of drinking and a lot of sex and nudity, yeah. but parts of it do have this kind of kid movie feeling to it mm-hmm. a little bit, like a little whimsical, a little silly. Right. That was interesting. I I agree. And it's like, I think I watched this too, 
Because um, again, I we talked about like Willy Wonka. It kind of reminded me of that, but it mm-hmm. kind of also reminded me of Toy Story. And mm. <laughs> oh, I remember, yeah, I remember watching watching uh, Toy Story also as a kid because um, you know with my sister, my oldest sister, like she had her first son like extremely young, like he was born when I was seven. So I remember oh. I was you know so we would be watching like Toy Story and stuff together, <laughs> and you know. Like you said, as a kid, you would totally believe that, especially like I've never been to a castle, not even as I mean, ever. <laughs> so it's like I've never been to a castle, but obviously, when you see like uh furniture that looks like that, that has like animals on it, it looks so you know rich and everything like that. And it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, okay, that has a face on it, guarantee you know it's haunted or alive. So I, <laughs> I think that it just seemed like, like you said, it seemed like it was like targeted towards kids, or it has like a like a whimsical, magical type of feel to it, similar it to does. dolls. And I was just going to yeah. say, it reminds me of dolls. Another movie that was same effects team for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, Charles Brand produced. Like, there's a lot of overlap here, and dolls definitely. We watched that for the for the podcast. Um, and with with Sapphire, that's a great episode too. She's so great, uh, I love her. I, she's fantastic, <laughs> and she she brought that movie and it's the same kind of feel as that movie where it, it like, this feels like it could be a kid's movie, but the violence or, right. you know, and, and whereas this is like, there's just a little too much violence and definitely the sex aspect, the nudity and whatnot. But it's like, other than that, it feels like it is a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. I agree. Which is probably why it also like feels like Willy Wonka. <laughs> Cause I, I honestly do think, cause Charles band, Charles band is known for taking like an idea mm-hmm. and then, figuring out a way of like capitalizing it in a low budget way. Yeah. And that's what he does. And so I can totally see like Willy Wonka, but with, with adults. Very true. Done. You know what I mean? Like that, taking that idea and then running with it. Uh, but, but it's also interesting that you mentioned the effects, both of you, because like the effects were done by John Carl Buchler, mm-hmm. Buchler, Buchler. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name, who has come up on the podcast multiple times. Cause again, he did the special effects for dolls. He also did, um, the Alice makeups from Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Freddy's Chest of Souls, wow. the, the horror, the pizza from Nightmare on Elm Street 4. He also did the effects for uh, Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Like, he's he's done, like, a lot of... Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, he did the animatronics, some of the animatronic, animatronic effects. Wow. Reanimator stuff. Like, he uh, he's involved with a lot of Ghoulies, which was also a podcast episode. Like, he has... He does a lot of... He is sort of like the effects person that I remember the most from the 80s in terms of like the movies that I grew up watching. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I didn't even know like that at all. Like, wow. Yeah, he's he's great. Well, because like some of the effects, like the effects in this from the chair, but then there's the transformation of the character into an actual pig, which isn't mm-hmm. as good as isn't as good as the American Werewolf in London. But there's like mm-hmm. some vibes to it a little bit because like you see. So. The fat character, the fat guy character who loves mm-hmm. to eat, ha 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 ha, um, yeah, is shown eating like foot, like eating a pig, like a like a like a roasted pig, and then he of course transforms into a pig creature, mm-hmm. and while well, that in itself is a problematic situation, the transformation is pretty cool with the pra- like of his nose becoming yeah. like the pig snout and his his um hands becoming like hooves and getting mm-hmm. the tail mm-hmm. 
So I think that like that was really impressive, I guess, like yeah. for that kind of transformation. And then also the effect for when the VJ gets uh, attacked in the face by the thing that comes out of this, this, this the, um, set of armor. Like, yeah. what the, the fuck? Was, with, what with... the fuck was that? No explanation. But I don't care because that was gnarly. It comes out and just like eats his face off. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. Like, I want more of that. Like these yeah. incredibly like, gory moments that are like, huh? But they're so well done. Mm-hmm. There, there's like a lot of scenes. I feel like okay, minus the 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 man pig scene because that's the only thing that's just like whoa. Because even when they would show that character, they always have to play this like particular music, and it's just like I really didn't think he was that bad. You know, he just wants to eat. Like I don't like leave him alone. But I'm not gonna lie, when he was chasing, I think it was Terry. Like around the, t- I oh my god, I would probably my legs would become jello. And I would not be able to run, you know, from, from something like that. But I do, I think that that's a standout scene. Um, but I also love the scene with the Italian guy when he tries to attack a girl and then literally he gets thrown off a castle. Like he, <laughs> that is, it just made me feel, right? Like peace. It just made me feel great. Uh-huh. Like it was very, it was satisfying, you know? And then even with going back with the French girl, that is just kind of like, okay, she wants to win. And so she's trying to sleep her way to the top. And then she's so upset. And not only does she lose her life, she loses a shoe. So there's just so much to like. <laughs> oh, poor Yvette. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because like I was watching her and I was like, why do I know who this actress is? And then I realized that she was, um, I think, the main character in Fright Night Part 2. Oh, is she? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Which uh, I think is a great movie. <laughs> I like that movie. But we okay. So you mentioned Yvette sleeping her way to the top. Which 100% she does and gets very mad at him when he just is the first floor. And I love that where she's like, that's it. You're, that's all you're going to give me. But there's a lot of like sex as bargaining chips in this movie, mm-hmm. um, mm. which is like makes sense in like the eight, like in a movie like this in the 1980s. But I thought there was something really interesting going on. Like we talked about being, she's being groped by her boss, uh, Jackie's being groped by her boss. Mm-hmm. And, but there's like a lot of women weaponizing sexuality throughout this film. And while it's not the best, especially with the French character, I think there's also something really cool going on there. Because as like in 2021, we're all about weaponizing that like sexuality and seeing sexuality in that way. I feel like in this movie, it's meant to be a little bit more of a bad thing. But I was like, fuck yeah, use your sexuality <laughs> to get your million dollars. Like, fuck right. you, guys. And like, <laughs> the... Um, the um the the instructor like being like my shower isn't oh, working to all of the guys oh. yeah that made me laugh she was I was die I was and she's is it on um Tom and then on the Italian Tom. guy and yeah. I was like mm-hmm. this isn't fucking credible like I thought it was amazing I was like these women know what the fuck is up and how to get their way and I kind of loved it a little I bit. agree like that's why it's like you know Terry she's a powerful woman like when she. You know, I, I think it was with, with Tom, like she lightly kissed the tip of his nose, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. he was like, she, and then she cut the shower off, and he was like, "What? Well, that's it?" She was like, "That's yeah, it." She's I, like, I'm, I'm, done shower. Shower. I, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Was, I've never seen that before. Like, like on on film, like blatantly. So I just thought, yeah, I agree with you. That that's that was really cool. Yeah, I loved it. Although I have to say that I kind of wish that I was Terry in that case, because like, I honestly was so super attracted to Tom in this movie. And I was like, 
like this he's he's just doing it for me i mean he gets a little creepy in that scene after she like turns him down and he kind of like okay you just lost a little of your sexuality because like no but like he was just so cute yeah <laughs> but you know I, I like how him and cassandra you know they they got together and had a little thing that's nice yeah well, it was nice. It was so funny because like there's a lot of men getting really mad when women don't do what they want in this movie. Mm-hmm. But then like he stops and he's like, "You're not in the right state to have sex." And I was like, "Is yeah. that some consent? I see. Is that some consideration of a woman's body? I see." I was pleasantly surprised. Again, a small moment, but it's just like little things like that that pop up, and you're like, "Huh? Okay. Yeah. Incredible." Because in. Cassandra's drunk the whole was really? drunk like the whole movie. Oh, yeah. Like she's <laughs> wasted the whole movie. Except yeah. For yeah. And you know, but then it was just like once you find out why it kind of made sense, you know, she kind of made a mm-hmm. deal. You know, so I guess she was unhappy. Um, but just I forgot to say this when we were um talking about Charles Band, you know, something I thought was really cool with his uh production company, Empire Pictures, like it's which I don't think it's around anymore, which is really sad because I really like this movie. Like I know like when people think about Charles Band, they automatically think about like what, like Puppet Master and stuff, which is really cool. Like mm-hmm. I, I love those movies as well. But I feel like this one comes to mind because it's just kind of like it was fun. It's like it's still a horror, but I feel like you can get anyone to like watch this. And I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that he actually purchased this castle. And so we also see this castle again in Castle Freak. So. Okay. Oh, I was going to ask okay. about that. Yeah. Because okay. as I was watching, when it opened up and the music, at first I was like, okay, we're getting a music video to start this movie off. Then the second one was like, wait, I've seen this castle. Is this Castle Freak's yeah. castle? And I didn't know the history of it. And I, so I, w- I was hoping that you knew. So this he did buy mm-hmm. this castle and this is the same This is The same the castle. Same castle. That- I just thought that was so cool. So he just, what a great investment, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's also about buying a castle. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? Who can just buy a castle? Not who? I mean, it is cheap. I don't know. I don't really know the going rate on castles and like what what that real estate market looks like, but wild. So he bought Mm -hmm. that castle. Huh. That's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah, so like Empire Pictures, so he that's that was his first because then he moved on to and he does he did I, I think it's still going like Full Moon mm-hmm. isn't isn't that also him? Yes. And then his his brother also did the music of like Reanimator and a bunch oh, wow. of oh that's so cool a bunch of movies because uh, it's Charles Band and his brother I can't remember what his brother's name is off the top of my head Carl Band <laughs> I don't know just very names. It's so funny if it was. (laughs) I should have just fucking said that was his name and just left it at that. I shouldn't have have even said it was joking. You would have believed me. I was there with you. Uh, Carl. One second, I'm pulling it up. Carl. Richard. Richard. So Richard Band was a composer and he did like the music for like Reanimator and From Beyond. Wow. And like just a bunch of of those those films. And so, yeah, it was kind of, they had like a, I don't know, an empire. That's cool, right? That's really cool. Let's bring that back. Do those. We need those kind of movies and not so much of some of the stuff we're getting now, please. Respectfully. (laughs) I agree. Let's bring back some fun. Yeah, I want some some fun, fun. weird, creaturey, practical effects movies. They're just so fun. Like, they're just like, like this movie is so silly, but it's a good time. Like, I Mm -hmm. really enjoyed watching it. Like, at no point was I was like, oh, I'm bored. I was like, okay, like. Like, it knows what it is. 
And I like that a lot. The thing, okay, can we talk about the ending? Because the ending was so rushed. It was. Like, they, uh, we got to wrap it up. (laughs) Well, that was so funny because I'm like, okay, cool. Like, there's a lot of cool shit going on. Like, like there's a there's like a man beast that came out of a painting. There's a pig. Like she got like the British woman got attacked by fucking a dog. Green rope. <laughs> like Yvette, the fucking green. Yvette's face superimposed over the, the face of the woman in the in the painting. Yeah, you know, by the satyr. Very subtle. Very very <laughs> subtle. It. But then so like Jackie comes into the inner sanctum of this guy and it's that's the Willy Wonka moment where he's like you've won and she's like the (laughs) fuck are you talking about and then he turns around and I'm like that from the cover of this movie to like who Adam Ant is as a person I was expecting something a little bit more like you know a little bit and like dressed like 80s outfit situation like not a labyrinth situation but like (laughs) maybe something similar (laughs) no he's just like a dude in a tuxedo (laughs) Yeah, I thought he was like a wizard or something. So it was just, I don't well, know. Like he, he had magic, obviously. Like he was, a, he is, he is the titular spellcaster. But it was just so funny that he just like is a. He just looks like a random, like a like a, like a dude, just like a dude. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Definitely and then he, doesn't look like his vampire self on the cover no. of the the VHS no, box. No, not tell even ya. a little bit. It was just like major the Wizard of Oz vibes because. Yeah, yes. like the almighty, you know, so he's just a man. Which is even funnier because like all you see throughout the movie is like this really poorly CGI like crystal ball with things going on in it and his hand like awkwardly like going around it. Massaging like, it. Massaging it. Bopping it. My favorite part was speaking of, of Tony's dad was when he bops it and Tony just goes and falls over the side of the, the Italian. Going back to that favorite moment, he just like bonk. <laughs> and you know what I think is also messed up too? The two people who didn't make it and they just exploded in their car. And I remember having to oh watch that. Oh my god, I totally forgot that part where he's like, get any, like, it couldn't get any worse. And then their car just fucking explodes. <laughs> just explodes. And it's just like, it was, it was so upsetting because it's just like, okay. They took one <laughs> wrong turn and now they're lost. And I guess because they already got things started, so they didn't need them anymore. So they just got rid of them and just, <laughs> I mean, gosh, you could have at but least like, let them get to the house or the, the castle. <laughs> right out, like, to me, that is such the tone of this movie. Just like, it couldn't get worse. And then a fucking fireball. And then it's just <laughs> never explodes. addressed again. Never no, addressed no. again. Until they come in at the very end after like everyone's come back from the dead. And it's like, who are those guys? <laughs> yeah. Oh, they blew up. That was literally my. <laughs> I remember when I rewatched it like years later, that scene always stood out because I thought that maybe it, you know, maybe there was like a glitch because I, I watched it on DVD and I thought that maybe somebody made a mistake or something and maybe this is a cut from a different movie. No, it was just because it was just so random, you know? It's so random. <laughs> so fucking random. Well, so at the end, everyone who dies comes back. Yeah. And I'm like, it's it's revealed that uh, Cassandra Castle made a deal with the devil slash mm-hmm. the spellcaster. So <laughs> she'll be famous. And, and be happy, question mark. Yeah. But as we all know, that never goes according to plan when you make a deal with the devil to be famous. And then my favorite, favorite is that she makes a deal with him and everything goes back to normal. And the deal is that he becomes a fucking VJ. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the fuck? It was a big deal Incredible. back then to be a VJ. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible ending. Even the devil wants to be a VJ. <laughs> In fucking credible ending of like it like all of a sudden everything is happy and he is just a fucking VJ on M- on MTV like channel and is like just luring people in to be famous. I was like, I love this movie so much. This yeah. is the weirdest Ooh. ending of all time, and yet I love it so much because of course that's the ending of this movie. And it was just satisfying. <laughs> Because it was just like, okay, we talked about the people exploding and, you know, the boy or the guy turning into, you know, a, a pig man. And then, I mean, I personally think that the Italian guy should have just stayed dead, but that's just me, you know. Um, <laughs> he didn't need to come back. No, he should have. But it was just like, and with Cassandra, in, in her case, I totally get it. Because even we, we talked about it. She was like drunk the whole time. She didn't want to be there. She was yelling. She was angry. She was really unhappy. So maybe it is better for her just to be, just go back to her normal self. And like, well, it made me sad when, when Tom is like talking consent and like, I'm sorry for taking advantage of you. And she's like, I'm the music business. People take advantage of me all the time. Mm-hmm. And that made me really sad that those like, this is just like expected. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and the more I think about it, the more of this movie, in my mind, becomes like a weird kind of indictment of the music industry. And this is me looking too deep into it, as you are wont to do as a horror movie person. But it's like, you have this ridiculous thing, like this ridiculous like gimmick to get people to get money, like a ridiculous amount of money. And I feel like that's a big, it was a big thing on MTV for a long time. Like these ridiculous game shows that you would make a complete ass out of yourself on television, but you get, you might get money at the end of it. And like, that was kind of the whole thing and it had like almost nothing to do with music but you had a music star in there so it was MTV it was for MTV and she orchestrated this whole thing to be famous and to kind of uphold her side of the deal right with him like she Mm -hmm. brought them all there Mm -hmm. on purpose and so if you just you know if you squint your eyes and look at it a little bit it's a very interesting look at like what the music kind of the manipulation of the music industry and like what it it does like kind of chews you up and spits you out yeah. Which is probably way deeper than Spellcaster needs to be. But still, I think there's something there about that I a little bit. I think so. I think so, too. Well, there's also that commercialization aspect of it, too, where, you know, she's, she shows up, she's in Lobo, she doesn't want to get out, she doesn't want to mm-hmm. be here, she doesn't want to do any of this, but she's contractually obligated to. Yeah. And it's that kind of, like, I, I think we saw that, I mean, we still see that today with pop stars, but I think, like, in the 80s, that became a huge thing, particularly as, like, television became uh, more, like, prevalent, and, you know, cable came out, and it was, like, you know, video killed the radio star. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, all of a sudden, there was more expectations from it, and I do think that this character who is basically in drag for most of the movie. Cause at one point she takes off her, her wig, yeah. you know, she's like, she is playing a character this entire movie. Yeah. And it's that one time where she actually lets, lets it all, lets it mm-hmm. all, you know, down and shows her true self. And it's like, that is sort of how pop music started to be in the eighties. Yeah. And it continues, unfortunately till today. And just the actress, uh, Monty Bailey, she's just so wonderful. She was also in Dolls. She was in Dolls. <laughs> she was in Dolls. Oh my God, she was. Yeah. She yeah. was the uh, the punk, right? Yeah, I was going to say she's got a, a good track record of like wearing, <laughs> yeah, of wearing um, punk outfits in mm-hmm. movies and being kind of a little shit and punk and punk <laughs> outfits. That's her. Oh, she's playing it. Realize that now. Yeah. Do we want to wrap this up and give us a rating out of five? Or is there anything else you Sounds want to touch to on me. with Spellcaster? It's a um, short movie. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, but a lot yeah. happens in an hour and 20 minutes. It always flies by for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. 
Terry, how many yes. man pig hybrids out of five do you give Spellcaster? <laughs> oh man. Uh so <laughs> you know, I think I think I'm gonna give it three. I think just a, a good solid three. Uh this this movie is is very silly. It's um it definitely feels like a Charles Band production, mm-hmm. and I was here for it. Like, the moment I realized that this is the kind of movie we're getting, I think young Terry, when he if he had ever picked up this movie and actually had watched it, he probably would have been very upset because the cover of that, of that movie and, like, just sort of the expectation of it, this is not what I was expecting <laughs> at all. But I love that. I love that that his movies were willing to be kind of silly. And yeah, they were very definitely B-movie schlock in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. But like, it's that kind of just taking the piss out of something yeah. and just having fun and doing it with like some really good special effects team and just pulling out the stops in that regard. So, I, you know, I think this movie is a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, and I, I had a great time. So I'm going to give it three. Yay. Three pigmen hybrids what about you mary beth i also will give it three pigmen hybrids i a lot of things that you said terry i wasn't sure what to expect because you you were like it's a it's a trip vinegar syndrome restored it and i was like oh boy it's gonna be wild and it was but like in a really fun way the effects are incredible i think there's just some really fun weird odd stuff going on here and it's just like a great time and another one of those movies that it's like why don't we talk about this more like, I just think there's enough weirdness going on and enough big names behind it. And apparently an indictment on the music industry, according to my weird brain. Um, I'm here for that. Yes. I'm here for it. But very- Also, one one little note. I'm sorry, before you continue okay. about the Vinegar Syndrome thing. This movie, who knew that there, so God bless the, you know, little boutique video places for restoring a movie. Because this movie looks better than it has any right to do because of Vinegar Syndrome. Yeah. I mean, I watched it streaming, but I was like, you could tell the effort they put into this, mm-hmm. this little B-movie <laughs> schlock. And I love that. Sorry, I love I didn't that. I like, love Vinegar Syndrome for that, too. Like, again, like, you know, Xena saw it when she was a kid, but like, who knows if who else would have seen it? Like, like right. we have access to it now, which is amazing. But, um... But yeah, it's just a fun, weird, horror, Willy Wonka for adults situation that I had a really, I'm really glad that you brought it, Xena. Um, But Xena, you have the final word. How many pigmen hybrids out of five do you give Spellcaster? I'm going to give it a three and a half. Because okay. you know, okay. I just cutting that guy in half. Maybe yeah, a pig, needs or, to be, man, we pig or man, which half? <laughs> we'll we'll do we'll do the the pig, you know. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, just because uh, I kind of have like a little, I hold like a little special place uh, for this movie. Mm-hmm. But I do think you know, I agree with you both. Like, it really is just a fun movie. It's straightforward. Like, it doesn't it doesn't try to be anything super complicated, you know, and it knows what kind of movie that it is. It's very just simple and silly, you know? And on top of that, like, this is the perfect movie, in my opinion, that should be remade. I would totally re... Mm. I would love to see something like this, a modern like, remade, where it's just like, you could probably even have it. I mean, I don't know about a million dollars. It has to be a little bit more. But you could still do that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I mean, I think it would be really cool if there was, like, a game show of people just, you know, go trying to find a check in a castle in Italy. Like, wow! 
like I you could totally do it. Go do that. You could you could totally do that too, though. Like with like the whole like TikTok influencer thing. There's like oh, an yes. interesting way. I bet you could mm. do that, and you could all you could do it like found footage. You can all tell. Oh it my god! Yes. For you to say that. We need to pitch it. We all need to write it and pitch it. I and we will can make have cameos. everything found footage. Duh. I, I want to be the wizard. Terry, yeah. Okay. See, so you'll be the wizard. Terry and I will be the annoying podcasters who are podcasting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All I right. All right. This. All right. Someone give us a million dollars. <laughs> Someone, to give, this movie. Someone give me That's a million dollars. Just a million. <laughs> cool, Mill. <laughs> we need a castle too for free. Uh. Charles? Charles? Can we use castle? it? I feel like he should. Why wouldn't you? But I don't know how much. Again, can you imagine the upkeep on that thing? I was yeah. going to say, what is the upkeep on castles? I mean, he could just live there. That's mm-hmm. true. That is true. <laughs> All yes. right. Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Zena. Look at castles to- now. I was like, hmm. <laughs> Thank you both so much, and but thank you. I feel so much better. What? Like at first with my pick, I was just like a little like, oh, oh no. But um, yeah, thank you guys so much for letting me come you know, on here and blab and yell, and you know I appreciate it so much. Of course. So where can the listeners find you, and what do you have coming up that you'd like to share? Sure. So okay, um, I'm always on Twitter. I'm always lurking on Twitter. So lovely Zena, and then I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Real Queen of Horror. Also, if you want to check out my blog, it is realqueenofhorror.com. Well, if you're like, well, I don't want to see you. Well, you can listen to me on the Bloody Disgusting Podcast (laughs) on Wednesdays. (laughs) New episodes every Wednesday. We're on Spotify, um, Apple, Stitcher. We're like everywhere. So, And then upcoming, um, I do have another movie that I'm going to be producing. I'm so excited about it. So just keep a lookout for that. Yay. That's exciting. So exciting. So listeners, you've heard from us, but we want to hear from you. Did you watch Spellcaster ever? Please tell us. Uh, send us an email at scarredforlifepodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us directly on Twitter. I'm at MB McAndrews. And I'm McGailey Dreadful. And of course, don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Scarred Podcast. And please don't forget to review, rate, and subscribe. Please. It's the please. holiday season. Give us a present. Um, thank you to Eric Power for our artwork. Thank you to Sean Keller for our music. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Please stay safe out there. But most importantly, stay creepy. And until next time. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. 
LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's the show that we recommend. What is The Briefing Room? It's a behind-the-scenes look at how the criminal justice system works and the lives of the people within that system. If you love true crime, well, these are the real people who do the job every day of making sure justice is served. Hi, I'm Detective Dave. I'm Detective Dan. Together, we have decades of experience in local law enforcement, a profession that we think is often misunderstood. So we're going to explore how to do it right, and we won't shy away from when it's done wrong. These are stories you'll hear nowhere else. Unique, frank, and unvarnished. From the team that brought you Small Town Dicks, this is The Briefing Room. Episode 1 drops on August 30th. We'll meet you in The Briefing Room. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>